is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today I have Bob Cornelia on the hot seat. He's a guy, he's been on the show before, uh, but he is Director of Sales Operations over at Black Magic Design. We're gonna be diving in and having a, just a, you know, man on the street conversation about DaVinci Resolve and where it sits in the industry, what's the differences between the free version and the paid version, why you should be considering it, is it too much, is it too little? All these things we're gonna dive into in uh, in this short interview. Bob, welcome to the show, or welcome back to the show, I guess is a more appropriate. Well, thank you, and uh, it's good to be back, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what, it, what a deep conversation. You guys are always up to cool stuff, right, over there. You guys are always making cool hardware, cool software. I love the user interface of Resolve and the, the kind of the all-in-one approach that you're, you, you, know, you guys have taken with the UI, UX of the, the app versus do your editing over here and then jump over here and do your sound stuff and then jump over here and do your 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 motion graphics and all that it's all kind of in a daisy chain i wanted to dive into that but before that give us a brief introduction as to what your areas of responsibility are at black magic design and then we'll we'll dive into resolve sure so at black magic uh, i'm the director of sales operations as you mentioned and uh, what that really means is that uh, I uh, supervise the, the team that does uh, the, they're the product specialists and they work on the trade shows, which we are currently not doing. So, but we're doing a lot of virtual stuff. Uh, in addition to that, I do uh, handle some of the sales um, liaison with our distributors and things like that. But I also uh, am a spokesperson for the, for the company, obviously. So I do a lot of interviews. Uh, so I used to travel 120,000 miles a year, and now I travel 100,000 miles a day on Zoom. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it, uh, it, it has been an interesting couple of years now, but I've been able to basically get out and talk to everybody about the product and show them products uh, virtually as opposed to in person like we used to. Yeah, yeah, which is really good. I mean, it, it it's bad, you know, that, you know, of course we want human contact and we want to go to trade shows and meet up with our friends and colleagues and all that, but you can't deny the efficiency of just doing it like this, right? And not having to rip a, a zipper hole in the ozone, jumping on planes and all that, right? So it's good and bad, right? There's always, there's always pluses and minuses. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, what we miss is the opportunity to have better interaction with a lot of customers when we do the shows and also for them to see some of the larger products, you know, uh, you know, like a whole Fairlight console, like a five bay Fairlight console is kind of tough to look at a Zoom call and go, well, that, that seems like it would work. Uh, yeah. So we, we do look forward to getting back in person at some point, show off some of the hardware. But in terms of showing resolve and showing software, We've been able to do a lot of that virtually, and that really has expanded the use of the product. Now, the, the, the pandemic itself, I think, lend itself to people experimenting during some downtime to take a look at what Resolve is all about. And it comes from a couple of different places. It's either the colorist that people use, use Resolve, and they think, well, if I edited in Resolve, would that be easier? Which the answer is yes. Um, you know, and then there's people that are playing in Fairlight that used to own the original Fairlights that have ported over to Fairlight in Resolve. So then that gets more people to work together. And then, you know, we also included the studio version in all of the cameras and uh, other products. So you, you, you kind of get a feel for uh, the product uh, just that way. Now, 
as you mentioned earlier, there's a, the studio version and the and the free version. And the free mm -hmm. version is extremely robust. It is, it's used by a lot of people because it's just easier to get started with that. And you can share and collaborate with people that use the, the studio version. I do that with my own daughter. She's 25 and she makes videos and she uses the free version and I have the paid version and we're able to share uh, files back and forth and it, uh, it really works well. That, that's fantastic. See, and that's that's a that's a good segue into where I want to go with this this discussion is just the positioning and what's missing from the free version versus the paid version. Is it, you know, we we you know most of us that have kind of come up in this whole software age, we understand the whole idea of freemium means okay, you kind of get a little bit, you get a taste of what's in the actual version, but you really want to plunk down the money for the actual version. If you want to get any real work done that doesn't have a watermark or is not missing key export features or, or things like that. Can you set the stage for us there? Like brass knuckles, the, the free version, and just even rewinding back a little bit further, Bob, the, the, for the folks that are watching this and they're like, yeah, I've heard of Resolve, I've heard of Blackmagic Design, but what is what is Resolve? Like, can you can you set the stage right. for what the app is compared to Final Cut Pro, Premiere, and and the other NLEs on the competitive landscape? Sure. So I go as far back to uh, Resolve as you can at Blackmagic because I worked for DaVinci. So I came at the acquisition, which was a little over twelve years ago. So at the time, DaVinci Resolve was a nonlinear color grading application. And it used to be sold turnkey for about a half a million dollars, and now it's software that you can download for free. Uh, but what you're getting in the free version versus the studio version and is, well, first of all, you're getting two different editing pages. There's the cut page, which is more of a quick slice and dice stuff for short form work. And then the full edit page is there to do all of your uh, transitions and visual effects integration and whatnot. Uh, there's the Fusion Visual Effects, which is a, a standalone tab to do, you know, animated, uh, you know, text or, or all kinds of different um, visual effects in there. And then there's the Fairlight Audio page, which is a full featured, uh, uh, you know, nonlinear workstation, you know, digital audio workstation. So you also then have the Color tab, which is what they're known for, what DaVinci was known for all those years uh, for the color grading. And this way you have it all in one application. And we also have a great export tool. We also have great, uh, in the first media page, uh, that one is, the, is great to do duplication and uh, cloning and things like that. So all of these tabs work together. And what you get with the, with the paid version is the ability for people to work on the same project at the same time. Now that's usually in big facilities, right? So you, you have a, a giant server of storage and everybody attaches to it and the editor can edit and the, and the Fairlight audio guy can do the audio and the color grading guy can do the color and they can share one project and they can just update the files back and forth, no reconforming, those kind of things. Uh, with the free version, you get everything, you can output up to UHD. Uh, you mm -hmm. can't up, uh, output anything above that resolution. Uh, there's no stereoscopic tools in there. There's no noise reduction because you really need more than one GPU anyway. And the, uh, it's limited to a single or dual GPU in, uh, in, a, in, a, in like a Mac. But so the truth is for editing, you get all the, all the tools with the exception of the stereoscopic. And not a lot of people are doing that anyway. So the free version goes a very long way. There's no watermarking. There's uh, no limit to the number of nodes you can do or layers or timelines or any of these things. So it really is full featured. Now, 
the price of the software, uh, when they first announced it as software only, was $1,000. It's now down to $295. And now it's also included in a lot of the other hardware. Uh, we recently reduced the price of some hardware. So like our editor keyboard is now down to $595. And then the mini panel for color grading and the, and the micro panel for color grading, they've come down in price. And they all include a full version of, of, of the studio version now. Mm -hmm. So that's, and then we have the speed editor, which is another uh, little product that we came out with not long ago that has the ability to, that also comes with the, uh, the studio version. So there's a lot of ways to acquire studio versions. But as I mentioned earlier, you can continue to work on a project, whether you're using the free version or the studio version and go back and forth. If, a, if someone using the, the studio version turns on, say, noise reduction, it'll still appear in the free version when they use that project. And it'll still render out that way, but you just don't have the, uh, the ability to um, work on the tool itself. But overall, this, the free version is very comprehensive and it's a great way to get started because it doesn't cost any money to get started. Uh, okay. And it does get people sort of into the app and, and going forward. So teaching is easier when people wanna do classes, start teaching the class. Uh, you know, the, Maybe the professor has the full version, but the students can just download the free version. And, and you know, for the, the folks that are watching this that are budget constrained, right? The free, the word free is very attractive, but then the, the question comes up of, okay, well, my time is not free. So if I invest the effort to get good using Resolve and Fairlight and, you know, all the tools that come with the free version, you know, kind of under the auspices that I'm going to upgrade at a certain point when I can to the paid version and jump in full, those people you're saying aren't losing anything. They're, the skills that they learn on that free version are gonna directly transfer over to the paid version. And the second part of that question is, what does the industry look like? You know, you I'm sure you have a, a clear porthole into what Hollywood is doing and corporate is doing with videos and all those. What does that look like? If you know, again, with the time expenditure for learning software, are they are you know, are they learning PageMaker when they should be learning Illustrator, you know, you know, you know, what how does that how does that play out? Do those skills transfer over into the real world? So so, yeah, so the, diff the difference between the free and the, and the paid version, the tools are all the same. So you, you almost don't notice the difference unless you're trying to specifically use a tool that's not in the free version. So you wouldn't have learned how to use it anyway. <clears throat> so it's in the, in the advanced version only. Uh, as far as the landscape of the industry, it continues to change and it's, it's uh, leaning towards our direction, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason for that is, uh, in terms of Hollywood and whatever, Resolve is is dominant across all of the TV and film work that's gone for color grading. And over the over time, there's been more editing. Where that really came involved is when we introduced Blackmagic RAW, which is our, our codec for recording in our cameras. Because the Blackmagic RAW workflow doesn't require proxies or anything. So you can shoot 12K and still edit on a laptop because of the efficiencies of, of Blackmagic RAW. And Blackmagic Raw obviously works on other platforms, but it works best in DaVinci, as you would expect. And so if you're going to edit uh, Blackmagic Raw, you may as well stay in Resolve, which is how a lot of people got started with it. And the pandemic accelerated a lot of the use of it. In addition to the younger generation has is growing up with Resolve. 
you know, they buy a pocket camera, they start using it. Um, you know, I know plenty of kids that go to colleges that are maybe teaching another NLE, but they're using Resolve anyway, uh, just because it's free or it came with their camera or whatever, and they know how easy it is. And they also know how that they can, uh, you know, send uh, their their DRP, which is DaVinci Resolve project file, to somebody else to finish the color and those kind of things. So the collaboration's working there. Now, the Fairlight Audio has really accelerated a lot of this too, because there are facilities that were Fairlight customers prior to the acquisition that have moved to Fairlight in Resolve. And then if they also have DaVinci color grading already in-house, then their edit team is probably going to you know, start to pick up Resolve just because of the efficiencies of that kind of workflow. You know, you don't make a change usually unless there's a real reason to. But this new integration between Fairlight and the color and fusion visual effects and the editing has made people consider making that switch. And I think we're going to see an even greater acceleration of that. On top of that, all the new Mac hardware, yeah. these new uh, M1 chips, DaVinci Resolve has been specifically geared and done updates to Resolve in order to make that faster than ever. So there's you know multiple uh, speed increases with that new M1 chip that everyone's taking advantage of, including editing uh, 8K. Yeah, yeah, there, there's so much to talk about. There's there one of the directions that I think hopefully we'll get to towards the end of this is, you know, future facing, you know, I know, obviously, you can't talk about any, anything that's secret or, um, you know, hasn't been released yet. But I wanted to chat about kind of the direction of where things might be going with mobile and, and how your you know, the company is looking at mobile-based photographers. There's some other competitors on the market like LumaFusion that are doing mobile-based editing. I'm wondering, is does Blackmagic Design, is that even on the radar? Before we, before we get to that, though, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just the, the color grading piece of it. Or, in other words, I know the kind of the lineage or the history of the software was color, right? And then it kind of spread out into all these other areas. Is it still that? And can Resolve, or like you as a person sitting inside the company, can, would you recommend Resolve to people who aren't video first? Like a me, right? I'm a podcaster and I'm looking at the audio features in there like, yeah, I could use that, but is it for me? Am I gonna lose anything? Should I really be using something, you know, different, more standard, or is this, fine for the, the kind of audio like where do you sit where do you sit in terms of people that are coming in from a motion graphics first or audio first versus video first well i think what's happened is that people have come in from all all kinds of directions right mm -hmm. but we have been very good about building tools or building additional tools to allow people to come in from other uh nles or whatever they were other softwares right so in the, for, I mean, just in the color page alone, we have the color wheels like they used to have in Apple Color. So, you know, and we have printer lights for, for the photography people. Mm -hmm. So we have build, built tools to do that. We also, you can map your keyboard to uh, emulate, uh, you know, the, the, the software that you're coming from. In addition to that, not only do we have a lot of great videos on our website, but a lot of people put out a lot of different videos about Resolve all the time. Yeah. We have a forum, there's other forums. Uh, the ability to, to learn and to find out, I mean, I do it myself. Like sometimes I'm in there, I'm like, oh, I forgot how to do that. How do I do that? Well, let me just Google that. Oh, there's the answer. Um, you know, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic. When I, I worked in Hollywood back in the 90s, so a long time ago, 
right? 80s and 90s, I was there. In a facility, you could barely get somebody that you worked with to teach you something different, right? Today, all you got to do is type in, how do I use this? And it comes up. Yeah. The sharing that goes on uh, these days is amazing to me, but it's so much easier to move to another platform because it's that easy to just pick up what people are, you know, the translation. And most of the time, if you're coming from another software, you already have a lot of the basics down anyway. You're just trying to figure out how do we do that here or what is cool or how, what's faster. And that's one of the things we've done. We've really increased the speed of the way people work. Now, at the end of the day, some people, like if they're doing an individual project for themselves, they can get it done faster. If you're working with a client, what you can do is just give them more choices in the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that's really where, uh, you know, that's where the collaboration really goes strongly in a, in a supervised environment. But for people who are just trying to get their, their feet wet, uh, the, the, the application has all of the great tool sets in all of the different mediums of post-production, you know, with audio, visual effects, editing, color grading, so that you can really go back and forth. And the chances of you finding somebody else that's already using it is very strong in one of the disciplines or all of them. And uh, the ability to find someone to work with you on a project where maybe you're doing the editing and you want someone to do the color grading or vice versa is, is very easy. And I think that you'll see as time goes on, more and more people are using it and it just keeps growing and growing to a point where, um, you know, it's a, it's a whole, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me because I think when I joined the company, there might have been 200 people in the world that knew how to run Resolve. Uh, and today it's you know millions yeah and millions and millions yeah you know you know what another another question that, that sort of pops up is you know the we discussed the freemium you know the 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 free version of the app versus the paid version and all that and so is it is the what's the strategy there so is the strategy that you're you're I'm, I'm sure it's you know there's some altruism in there you know helping people that can't necessarily afford really expensive software to actually get in and do stuff but is the the kind of backroom whiteboard strategy also let's get them hooked on what we do with this free version and then ultimately as their career progresses they'll upgrade and they'll buy an atem they'll buy black magic cinema cameras and all that stuff because they're in the family you know and they already know how to use it is that is that you know kind of the strategy there you know, so it's a couple fold. So the, our founder, Grant Petty, is a guy who worked in post-production and he remembers it well when he would go to a trade show and the first question the sales guy would ask is, oh, so where do you work? Mm -hmm. And then he would say, yeah. what company you work for? Well, if, if that guy knew they didn't have a lot of money, he wouldn't talk to him. And he's yeah. like, well, you know, what does it matter? What, what if I worked at the place across the street next week and they have a lot of money? So his idea is that you, <clears throat> you should be able to build tools that everyone can use, right? So yep. if you give people the tool set, <clears throat> excuse me. So if you give people the tool set to get started, then the brand loyalty will continue, which it does because everybody that buys Resolve eventually needs something else, right? So they start to look at other products that we make, whether it's output cards, you know, decklink cards or or any of the little plug-in uh, Thunderbolt uh, devices to get video in and out, monitors, those things. You know, we make a lot of the of the other products, so that's you know an inherent uh, feeder from yeah. Resolve. But Resolve is also Im 
embedded in all of our products. You know, whether you get the cameras or the ATEMs now with the ISO recording that's done and it, and it, and it builds a DaVinci Resolve project when you make the cuts between it. And so it's really there, but we really wanted people to get started with it and not feel like they had to plunk down money just to see whether they liked it or not. And the upgrade path is there, it's easy. And people are, are definitely buying into it or they buy a camera. I remember there was a time where, when Resolve was $1,000 and then we had cameras that were $2,000 and the guy wasn't sure whether he wanted to buy Resolve or buy a camera. I said, well, if you buy the camera, you get both. So, you know, he's like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. So, yeah. you know, that's a lot of it, but it, it does start out as, as a reason for getting people uh, going is because we tried to enable the masses. And then as you come through the system and you start to look at all the other products that we make, I mean, we make products in, in a wide variety of, of this business, you know, of, of, of motion pictures, if, if you will. So, you know, there's, uh, it's amazing how many companies have been acquired since I got here, you know, yeah. Fairlight and Terranex and Ultimat and Sintel, you know, Fusion. It's, it's, uh, it's been really an interesting build of product, but also keeping to our core, which is to get as many people going at the, at the right price. This is great. <clears throat> this is great. So I'm curious, uh, you, know, the, you know, again, I'm, I'm channeling the, the new guy, the new person that, that is, you know, should I get this one? Should I get that one? That one's free, but what are the gotchas? Are there any gotchas there? So for if, if, uh, if someone's considering DaVinci Resolve and they're like, you know, I want to use that, I want to commit to it, I want to cut a, a feature film or a series on it and tell stories with it, but I don't want to buy the paid version just yet because I want to put my big toe in the water first. Are there any gotchas downstream from once they settle on using the software like oh we, we did the whole thing in there and got to export you know I, obviously you said uhd but beyond that we That's got it. we did the whole thing got to export and we couldn't do this because we have to go buy this two thousand piece of two thousand dollar piece of hardware in order to get you know our the job done are there any big gotchas like that in the flow no i you know it's the it's the output resolution which is uhd is the limit there Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so as long as you're not going higher than that, then then you're fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then even if you decide, well, you know, what, no, we do need to go out 8K or whatever it is for two hundred ninety five dollars. You can go to our website and download the the application. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And then so with that, so when someone decides to, yeah, I want to I want to upgrade to the full version and, you know, export to 8k or whatever the project i'm assuming is is completely transferable from the free version mm. to the to the paid version and then the second part of that question what if i'm collaborating with a bunch of people across the planet you know i.e remote work these days can i take a project that was created in one version and take it over to the other and is it backwards right so if someone yeah. if someone did something in the pro version and i want to look at it with the free version can I do that or do I also need to upgrade to the paid version? No, no, absolutely. You can share projects easily. Uh, as I said earlier, my daughter and I do it. <clears throat> she uses the free version. I use the mm -hmm. studio version, which is the paid version. And we send projects back and forth to each other and we can open them up, modify and send back and forth. And we don't even notice the difference. And it doesn't say anything like, hey, want to upgrade or any of that kind of stuff. It's it really is that easy to go back and forth. W the limit on the free version is that 
you can't be attached to the same storage and the same project at the same time with somebody, but that would only be in a facility and in a facility, they would probably have uh, the, the full studio version anyway. But if, if you can share a project with uh, anybody that's running Resolve, whether it's free or not, and, uh, and it'll all work, that's, that's not a problem at all. And it goes on all the time. Yeah, fantastic. So much, so much to talk about. Um, let's let's wrap up here. Just a, a couple of questions. I want to throw a couple of questions at you that came from my audience because they knew I was talking to you. So they threw a couple of questions out there that I'm sure you'll hit out of the park. Um, but before we get to those, we'll end with those. Before we do that, the you know I kind of foreshadowed the idea using you know, filmmaking terms, uh, I foreshadowed the idea of uh, mobile and what that looks like. You know, like, like I said, there are other tools out there that are doing some crazy stuff on iPads and phones. And Apple, of course, is, is continually adding pro-level features to these super phones that everyone's carrying around in their pockets. Where do, you, where do you guys sit on that? Is that important to you, that market of people that are shooting with these, these phones with cinema mode and all that stuff on them? Or are you acquiescing that market off to others and instead focusing on the advanced amateur and pro space? Well, I think that, you know, um People shoot on their phones and have been for a while, and we take in, I mean, one thing about Resolve is we handle a lot of codecs, so we handle all that kind of footage. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we have the editing on laptops, uh, you know, putting it on a phone itself, the editing application might be a little bit difficult to use uh, in terms of the screen size and buttons and all those kind of things. I mean, that doesn't mean that we're not working on it. I don't know that we are or not. I just know that uh, the portability of the laptop version and the speed and 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 how it works is, is tremendous. And also, you need fast storage to edit the high end stuff, obviously. Um, but you know, I think that uh, we're pretty comfortable with where we are now, especially uh, being able to build for some of the faster hardware that's coming down down the pike and and keeping the speed up. Uh, but uh, you never know. Watch this space, as they say. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Very cool. Well, let's take a let's take a couple questions here that that have come in to me. The first one is from my buddy Troy. Troy says, uh, in the past, the app monitor cannot be color calibrated. Seems DaVinci Resolve or DaVinci ignores computers ICC profiles and monitor calibrations, so output rarely matches the in-app monitor colors, making accurate color grading nearly impossible. Is he doing something wrong, or is that a, is that a known issue? Because I that, well, that's all so, Greek to me. So <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, normal workflow is that if you're gonna if you're gonna use like a laptop or even a computer for that matter, um, that's not the reference monitor that you want to use. You want to use an external monitor, which we make great tools to be able to do uh, calibration for that, as well as getting the HDMI or SDI output to hit those monitors. So in a in a Normally, that's that's the workflow that you would you would go with, and 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 to be honest with you, uh, if he went into our forum and and type for suggestions on how you make that work, uh, everybody will come out with how they all do it because everybody seems to do it a little bit differently. Years ago, when when we were losing this the old CRT monitors, people were asking, well, what what monitor should we buy? Plasma or what you know what should we buy? And I said, all I said was. If everybody bought the same monitor, then it would be easy because no matter how bad it was, at least it was all bad for the same direction. Uh, but that <laughs> yeah. never really happened. So, um, but there are calibration tools that we have built into our boxes that, that 
go-to monitors. So yeah, there, there are definitely ways to, to do the calibration and to work with an external monitor. And it's the best way to do it because, uh, you know, that's, that's what that's for. So that's, that's yeah. how everybody usually works on there and our, um, you know, and there's, there's uh, the, the scopes in Resolve. A lot of people work with two screens just for the user interface and then have another monitor for their uh, final output. Yeah. What would you say to, for folks that are wanting to get become experts, you know, Resolve experts? What's a, what are some good resources for them to learn? Yeah, obviously they can jump in YouTube and, and you know, learn a ton of stuff there from really good educators um, that, are, that are putting out free content. But from the source, if someone says, yeah, I want to become a professional Resolve editor, I want to be good, <laughs> I, you know, I want to know all the different modules from soup to nuts, where, what's a good starting point for that person? So on our site, we actually list some of the schools that teach. So um, if you go on our, on our website, in the Resolve page, there's, there's listings for companies that teach uh, Resolve. There, there's a few um, big ones that do. Uh, well, lately they've been all remote, but uh, some of them are starting to do some in-person uh, training as well. And uh, you'll find a lot of good resources there. There's, there's definitely, there's all, as you mentioned, there is a lot of good free content out there, but um, for getting maybe individual uh, training or on advanced training, there's definitely uh, some great schools that teach, uh, teach uh, Resolve and, and have been for a number of years now. Great, great. Here's a here's a last question from Victor. Victor says, um, and I think this kind of goes to what you you mentioned earlier about the M1 processor M1 processor support from Apple. Um, Victor, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially said, "What am I going to get new when it, you know Resolve has upgraded to M1 and I've upgraded my computer to M1? Any magic things happening there, or is it just speed enhancements?" So it's speed enhancements, but that is a big deal because you're yeah. getting faster editing, faster uh, um, visual effects stuff. So, you know, like doing the, the rendering of the face for face recognition and things like that working in real time. And I mean, just just huge speed increases. And uh, frankly, I'm waiting for my M1 uh, laptop to show up so I can see for myself how much faster it is. <laughs> love it, love it. So much stuff. All right, so future facing, you know, this is the, this is this is the the area of the interview where you put on your tap dancing shoes. <laughs> so what's when you're in the hat, right? So what's next? You know, to the extent that you can reveal yeah. what's what's happening in the future, what what can we look forward to? I I think that what we really have been concentrating on is just uh, tighter integration between all the tabs. We just released some things where, where uh, working in one uh, area, say on the audio, will appear, you know, exactly the same in, in Fairlight and things like that. So we'll have a lot of that. But we're always working on new features. We're always working on uh, streamlining uh, the process. Uh, you know, adding different functions. Um, it, it's amazing. I mean, there, there was a, I think it's a 10 or 12 minute video on what was new in 17.4. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, get as many new features in, <clears throat> but also the integration between it all. And then on top of that, the speed uh, enhancements, which are uh, a big deal uh, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I said, it, you know, just speed enhancements, but really, right? That's the big deal that everyone's, that's the holy grail that we've been searching for since since the days of old, you know, NLEs and, and, and doing cool stuff on computers. It's always been about rendering and how long it takes to do this, because that, in a, in a freelance mode, that directly relates to income, right? So... Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Well, we'll leave it there. So if, if people want to go download this application um, and, and jump into it and play around with it, what's, uh, where, should, where should they point their browsers? So they need to go to blackmagicdesign.com, all one word, and uh, you can just click on Resolve on the front page. Love it. Bob Cornelia, thank you for coming on. Give us your time today. This has been great. I hope you'll come on again. I think I want to, you know, based on this conversation, I think we should do a follow-up discussion all about color and color grading and getting into that world because that's a whole, that's a whole nother neighborhood, right? <laughs> or a whole nother city that, that we need to talk about. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. This is Twitter.